to uh, Meanwhile in the Falklands. Actually, it's only, it's just me and you, isn't it, Hannah? It is lonely, lonely too. But actually, we're right in the mood to do a good podcast. We so are. It's good. We but are. our cups of tea at the ready. Yeah, Friday the 22nd. It's my husband's birthday today. Happy birthday. Um, and so we decided to come back to my house and we're in the middle of baking. Um, some things, so we've made some pastry and I've just made some um, sponge mix. So while I wait for the pastry to rest, because it has to rest oh. in the fridge, uh, we thought we'd do a podcast. It's a bit like a bake-off here, isn't it? Mm. This is yeah. bake-off. Yeah, I could be Prue. You could be Prue. I've been having a leaf through your uh, special recipe book. Oh yeah, well I need to get a new one actually because, um, well actually you can see over there I bought a new one when I was in the UK, because um, I need to, it's full basically. <laughs> Full at the brim with lots of different recipes you've collected over the years from different people. Yeah. Met and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's um, Andrea's Rocky Road in there because she made a really good Rocky Road. So I've got hers in there. Um, there's Lee Summers Blondies because he did really oh. nice blondies. Oh, they were delicious. What's a blondie when it's own? Oh, uh, it's like a brownie but not got the cocoa powder in it. Oh, I see. Yeah, but it's really really nice. Had white chocolate in that. The Mars Bar Trifle, there's a lady here on the islands who makes a Mars Bar Trifle, which is absolutely out of this world. Um, and she keeps the recipe as a closely guarded secret. How did you, how did you wheel it out of her? I didn't. That's me guessing <laughs> how it's made. Um, the only thing is when you melt Mars Bars, I don't know whether you've, have you ever melted Mars no. Bars? They're really good when they've melted, but they don't have to take ages. And really? there's, a, there's a point at which you're melting them when you go, I think this is this is Gone. not working. Yeah. I think I've wrecked this, and then all of a sudden it will just turn, and it turns into this gorgeous uh, melted chocolatey, ugh, beautiful thing. Um, and then you just sort of swirl it into custard that you've made. Mm -hmm. It's also hot. Um, yeah, and then stick some cream on top. This is a really nice recipe, actually. I've never been mad on trifle. Like, I've never tried to make it, to be honest. So I wouldn't really know what the go-to way of doing it is. But you, oh, but the looks of it, you melt the, the Mars bars into the hot custard. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Swirl it in. But, I mean, it, it, are, you a, are you a trifle with jam? Uh, sorry, with jelly? I'm a trifle with sausage, like Rachel from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> no, but no, do, you, do, you make, do you make your trifle? I mean, my nan never put jelly in a trifle, neither, neither does my mother, but I put it in jelly because I think it's an added layer. Yeah. And, yeah. and sponge fingers. Or am I getting confused with tiramisu where you do the sponge fingers in the uh, tiramisu, coffee yeah. and stuff? And so, um, you know, if you've tuned in for Meanwhile in the Falklands, here's us discussing trifles. Listen, it's a beautiful day out there. Like, seriously beautiful day, mm. isn't it? Wednesday, like, all hell broke loose because um, on all the weather apps that are down here, because you're really into your weather apps when you're down in the Falklands, uh, all said, like, gale force, severe gale force, storm force winds. And I'm thinking, that fly is never going to yes. get in. Well, Tom, Thomas and I were slightly concerned because we were, obviously, um, we were in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, for the um, second flight trip. Yeah. The delegation from Falkland's government was sent out and we were invited to go. So we were, we were out there and I kept getting messages from people saying, oh, not to be prophet of gloom and doom here, Hannah, but I don't think you guys will be coming home on Wednesday. Gale force winds, tie yep. down your... Tied down everything, da da da. And I saw people were posting on Facebook tying down stuff because of 70 knot yep. winds and all this and that. The fire brigade put out a warning. I know. And actually, the landing landed fine. Oh. No, not, not too much wind, not too bouncy, nothing. I, I was expecting mega turbulence and thought, oh my God, it's going to be really mm. not nice. 
Absolutely fine. But it's a slightly different, from what I understand, and, and basically my avionics is, is limited, but from what I understand, the new Lantam flight is on a 767. Yeah. And the Airbridge is an Airbus 3, whatever it is. Um, and the, the 767 can land in higher winds. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Because I, I would have thought smaller plane, we would have felt more of the wind. But no, actually, no, it's a, big, it's a bigger plane. Oh, is it? I think it's a bigger plane, yeah. Ah, maybe that explains it. No, but like I say, avionics, you know. But then, of course, when you land at MPA, landing's one thing, get, get getting off, off is get another. Off the plane. And there was a case a few years ago uh, where they, they landed and the, the winds were so bad that they couldn't get the luggage off. Oh, really? So everyone had to go back the following day and collect their luggage. My God. Yeah. That's not good. No, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, actually. It was a little bit of a wake up when you step step off the uh, off the plane and down the stairs and you're greeted with a big blast of mm. air in your face. So to look forward to it, new FITV person who is one step closer to coming down I here. I know, yeah. that's exciting. All the wind. It's hard. That's the thing, it's really difficult to describe to people what the weather is like here. Because I know when I first got the job, you guys sent that uh, pack, like a welcome sign pack, the weather is changeable, you can have all seasons in one day, da da da. And you kind of think, oh yeah. Hard to imagine until you get here and then you're like, right, okay, now I understand this. <laughs> <laughs> One day it's like lovely, sunny, sunshine, warm. Next day it's absolutely pouring down with rain. I did, I did a piece on weather uh, in 2013, I think it was. And I was sitting there, it's actually Caroline was in the office. And uh, I did a piece to camera outside saying, oh, this is how it is. And it was beautiful sunshine, I was in a shirt. And then we went in back inside and she said, when are you going to do the other piece? I said, when it snows. And she said, well, when's that going to be? I went, not long. If you look out that window, you can see the brown clouds. That's, that's, that's snow coming. Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, within a few minutes, it chucked down the <laughs> snow. And I went right outside, filmed this bit of me saying, it, it, seriously, it, you don't appreciate it until you're down it. Anyway, we're going off the point, which is Sao Paulo. Tell us about your trip. Oh. It sounds like you had, you were pretty rushed off it your feet. was it was it was really good actually but it was very non-stop so we kind of by the time that we arrived at the airport we were up really early arrived at the airport quite late because we had one night in um santiago mm -hmm. before we went on to um sao paulo so we were up early that morning of the sao paulo flight got in had a chance to quickly change your clothes and then we were out off out again but it was interesting because we not only did you have Falklands government um, members of the Legislative Assembly, you also had tourism operators yeah. who were selling the Falklands and promoting it as an extra holiday destination to Brazilian tourists. And okay. So we were kind of flitting between both of their timetables. Uh, so we went um, to, obviously, the reception. There was a big reception that was held where they'd invited some local Brazilian tour operators and stuff, and they had all the... Falkland Islands, tourist, Tourism Board bits and goodie bags out yeah. to try and um, promote that. So that was really good. Um, and we spoke to some of the MLAs there and um, Chief Executive there as well. And then we had two days where we were following the um, local tourism operators around um, having a look at some of the meetings that they were having. So one of the meetings they had was with a um, family-run eco-tourism um, travel agent. What's so, ecotourism? I know this is it's trying to keep your carbon footprint down. I think so. It's all like hiking and things like that. Okay. And really cool stuff and stuff that would tie in quite nicely to 
the Falklands. I can imagine their clients would want to come come here because it was all yeah. outdoorsy things like that. So um, we went there, which was nice, and it was funny because you we rocked up at this address in the cab, and as you kind of came out. We looked, looked around, no sign on the building, no nothing, and we thought, oh, is this someone's, someone's house? Do you know, it, looked, it just didn't look like a, the company. Rang the doorbell, turned out that the offices were out the back, but it was really nice, um, and they were sitting and telling us about their company, and we had the likes of um, Adrian Lowe from the Murrell Farm kind of selling his side of things and explaining what kind of tools they offer and, and things, so I think they're hoping to keep that relationship going. It's oh, early yeah. days. I yeah. don't really know, but... Um, so it's it coming in like next week, isn't it? That's it now. It's, yeah. it's started, hasn't yeah. it? So, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was really good. And then we did get... Managed to squeeze in a little half day of having a look around the museum as well, which was mm. nice. World's biggest uh, museum in Latin America. Yeah, you were saying yeah. they had some Dali in there. Mm. Um, so tune in. So this week uh, on FITV, that's number 456, you've got um, Thomas and Hannah at the reception mm-hmm. uh, in Sao Paulo. And next week you'll have the little touristy... Yeah, you know, and, it, and also I think it's quite a good destination for um, people in the Falklands if they want to go on a holiday there or spend a couple of days having an explore. Great place to, for connectivity if you want to go on elsewhere. You can get loads of different flights from our airport. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing at all. It's no. great. Excellent. Um, this week's programme also, uh, week number 456, um, we had a little power cut flicker, didn't we? That oh, was... See that, that at funny. the very end of the programme when we all went, oh, uh, just oh. as we were talking about uh, just introducing the Sao Paulo piece and then the power sort of like, flick the Flick the lights out. Yeah. We've had it before, haven't we, where we've had power cuts and we think, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Not connect it to the internet. Oh, it's awful. Nightmare. Especially if you Back haven't saved the dark ages. Especially if you haven't saved anything on your computer. Yeah. And then everyone, it's so funny because we're at, in Stanley Services office block and um, if there is a power cut, Everyone goes into the corridor and looks at each other. Like, it's an excuse to have a chin wag, isn't it? Have a little what, bit of a break, have a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, anyway, while you were away, yeah. uh, we did the triathlon. And when yeah. I say we, Tom, little Tom... It was Tom just the two of you, wasn't it? Was it? Just the two of us. How so did it go? Tom, who does our, our graphics, um, it was me and him. Well, actually, Steve helped out as well. Um, we did it all mojo, so it's all on oh, phones. Yeah, um, everything's on phones. It was all right. Yeah. It was all right from our... our point of view what was the weather like was it okay it was not too bad it was not too bad there was some wind um i mean the 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 cycling is just brutal when they go back because uh where they have to cycle but in the piece mark nightingale says that um in the uk triathlons the cycling part is 40 kilometers and it's only 20 kilometers here God. So, but then we've got the wind, haven't we, to, to have to deal with it. cycling into the that's wind, it. can't be much fun. Uh, the swimming part, for those of you who have just tuned in, um, is not in the harbour, <laughs> <laughs> although that would be hilarious. Um, it's not in the harbour, it's actually in the swimming pool. So what they do is they stagger the start, so you, you go in groups, um, and I think they've got, they've got five lanes at the swimming yeah. pool, yeah. so they do it in groups of five, uh, and off they go. So we were there for three hours. Uh, filming all that. It's quite good the triathlon though because you don't have to just go in on your own and take it all at, on, on your this own. You can yeah. go as a, a relay team as well which yeah. is good so you can have one person yeah. doing each section. And from a filming point <coughs> of view unlike the marathon which we will have to do the half marathon in February and the marathon in March um, for those you've at, you one of us has got to be on the leader mm-hmm. has got to literally follow the leader around yeah. and make sure that we are back at the finish line for the leader to cross it mm-hmm. and that's the crucial part was the triathlon of course you have no idea who's winning 
until the evening when they give out the results. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, it's a little bit more relaxed as a, as a sporting event. Well, the marathon's event. always quite difficult, isn't it? Because we've got to be on the move. You, what, you don't want to miss out people in the middle because you don't oh. just want to follow the leader. No. A bit like cycling, I imagine. You know, these people who do film the Tour de France, they've got the peloton, then people are, as soon as people break off, it's difficult to film. It is. We need to get one of those um, helicopters or get the drone up or something. Well, we, yeah, we can do this year, can't we? we? We didn't put the drone up last year, but we could do it this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got false eyelashes down. I think that was just to say that I think I might try some false eyelashes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can see my eyes very well. Um, it's the tired Thursday uh, My daughter look. will be chuffed to bits and she's going to show me how to... Because apparently it's not just a case of taking them out of the packet and bunging them on your eyes you have to cut them to fit and all sorts that sounds like so a uh, tune in later we'll be up at 4 a.m on a thursday doing our, doing our eyelashes before the show um anyway um art exhibition yes tell us this sounded really interesting i'm it, a little bit gutted i miss it i don't know when it if it's it finishes the tonight at seven o'clock yeah a to z of the falklands it's brilliant yeah. Honest, so what was the concept behind it? Uh, so it's Julie Halliday, who I think everything she touches is just so professional and so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, she organised it. Five years ago, she did a, a thing called Falklands Framed, where she, she, she got some local artists and basically gave them all the same frame that was mm -hmm. about 12 inches by 12 inches and just went, do something with yep. it. And of course, you've got people who felt, you've got people who do silk painting, you've got yeah. people who do ceramics, you've got people who do fabric you've got people who paint watercolors paint acrylics yeah. paint oils loads and it was just the most amazing exhibition where you where somebody's just being given this plain uh frame decoupage frame yeah. kind of thing and they've just ran with it and it was Do fantastic you want. yeah and at the same time this is the clever part she gave some to the gcse art students mm -hmm. who then did theirs as well this time round is falklands a to z so she put a call out and said whoever's interested please come and meet me and they all went, I think it was back in March, um, and she had 48, so she drew uh, letters of the alphabet mm -hmm. for everybody. And um, they just, you got your letter, and off you went. And it had to be something Falklands related. Because I initially, when I heard the idea, I thought it was, you have to make that letter in a fret, do you know what oh. I mean? Like A, but the, with a Falkland theme, so like an A that's in the C or something, do you know? No, but so no, it's a good idea. It is fabulous. So you've got, like, for instance, my friend Jana got V, and she Difficult. does she does yeah. uh, well. She does needle felting, and so she's mm. needle felted this vulture, mm -hmm. uh, and it absolutely beautiful. Um, Wendy had W, and she's done um, a sort of fabricy. Well, that just doesn't even come close to describing what she'd done because it's fantastic it uses applique it uses patchwork it uses free machine embroidery mm. on this frame and she's done wrecks so mm -hmm. she, this is wreck of um, a ship oh cool yeah so you've got somebody who's done, who had b and has done a black browed albatross yeah. it is just it's fabulous and you go in there and i was because i know quite a few of the people who who are exhibiting and you look and you think oh i thought you only did you know one kind of mm. media and you, you you're doing this as well it's it yeah, it, I was blown away by it. And the way she put it up as well, you know, it wasn't just slapped on some yeah. boards or whatever. She'd really put a lot of thought in how she wanted the exhibition to look and where you worked around it and all sorts. It was so clever. I always find it quite amazing how for a very small community, how many people are, are really creatively talented. Yeah. For such a small community. 
I don't know, I find it mad. Like, and it sounds awful, but you'd almost expect, like, oh, yeah, we'll have a couple of good artists. There are so, the standard is so high. Yeah. Well, there's one lady there who's it's exhibiting, shocking. and she does um, uh, crochet, mm -hmm. and she does run crochet courses here in the Falklands. Um, and I know she runs, like, um, sticky things for craft groups for children. And she'd made this ship, the Urani ship, out of wire. And it was beautiful, oh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, if, if, well, this will go out before, um, before it's finished. But whenever Julie Halliday says, I'm doing this, go and see go it. Go and see it, yeah. It's yeah. just so worth it. I need to spend more time getting creative. I feel it, mate, puts me to shame. You only kind of look at what other people are doing and think, oh, God, I need to... Well, make more of but speaking we, of making we only an need effort, to look I'm over. having a, a little look on your kitchen table, Mrs. Fames. Is that Paula's Pebbles? That's Paula's made? Pebbles going what, on. What, what's yeah. that you're doing? Um, well, this is a Facebook page called Falklands Rocks. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was somebody from MBA who started it. And I think it's something that's happening in the UK as well. I think they do it in the UK, don't they? Yeah. Where people paint rocks and then varnish them and then put them out for people to find. Yeah. And on the back, you just take a photograph of it and, you know, put it on put on Facebook to say you found it and it's a, almost like geocaching I guess yeah. because you can either keep it or um, take it somewhere else and, and hide it somewhere else. Your, your ones, pebbles are looking uh, very festively. They're very festive pebbles, things. I'm not saying any more than that, they're very festive but you're saying about getting into craft, this is something you can do, dead easy. You just pick a stone, pick a pebble, wash it. You must be quite patient. You have to have a lot of patience. Not yeah. really. I mean, we we'll have to take some pictures for the poll. We'll put it up so the yeah. listener can have a look. Mine are very cartoony, and I just, you know, you go on Pinterest and find out, get some ideas, and just do it. Very and, cool. Um, that's what you come up with. But yes, if, something easy and simple to do. Yeah. Um, like I said to you earlier, yeah. you know, if you're not particularly crafty, but you want to do something, you can get somebody to draw a picture on it, and then you and then you just fill you in just the gap. Yeah. Very creative, very good idea. Yes. So anyway, moving down our list of things, um, <laughs> it says Katie Beatty Brazil. So listeners may remember, uh, well, hope you remember, uh, we had a, an employee at FITV called Katie Beatty. Now, Thomas and Hannah went to Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. as you heard, and at the reception, Thomas has filmed something, and I think it's a glass of wine, and somebody comes over and picks up the wine or comes past the wine, and they're out of focus. And if you looked quickly, like I would have said it was Katie. Is it? Oh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked at that. I yeah. must have looked. I know what shot you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Look at it really quickly. The, yeah, because I remember filming the glass and then I'll have to have a look and see yeah. who that was. Have a look at that. It's definitely... Easter um, egg. It's an Easter egg. It could be. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> this we, is funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look so, at our list. So we're at my house and we have a list at at FITV in the office of things to talk about on the podcast. I forgot to take a photograph of it or write it down. So we got here and we had to ring back and get somebody to look through the window. That's and angled at a very <laughs> difficult angle to actually see the whiteboard with the list. And they have finally said it's images, but it actually says flopping images. What now, on earth is a flopping image? Well, you can do it on... Um, so when you do interviews, you tend, the, you tend to put your interviewee on one side of the frame. So... If you're interviewing three or four people, you would put them on opposite sides of the frame. Mm. So you would have somebody interviewed and they'd be on the right-hand side of frame and then the next shot, the next interview would be on the left-hand side of frame. Um, 
So Thomas has put together the piece today, and you'll see uh, Chief Executive of the Falkland Islands, Robert um, Barry Rowlands, on the left-hand side of frame, and it looks fine. But if you have a close look at his tie, you'll see that the Falkland Islands logo is actually the wrong way around, because Thomas has had to flop the uh, whole image, because the next person he interviews is, Robert, uh, is Roger Spink, I think, because of the order that he put it in, yeah. he's had to, yeah. And Roger Spink, unfortunately, has got a uh, name badge on. that You can mm -hmm. clearly see his name. So if you flop that image, yeah. you'd see that it was the wrong way around. So he's had to flop the image of uh, Barry Rowlands instead. It's, very, it's, a, it's a clever little thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, but if you know somebody quite well, we did it. Um, I interviewed the navigator from HMS Glamorgan years and years ago. Um, and because oh, it was one of the first interviews I ever did, and I had two mm. cameras, and I crossed the line, so it didn't look right when you put the two images yeah. together, and I had to flop his close image. Um, and then when you look at it, you think, that's not quite the same as the other image. The it's the writing as well. You can always yeah. tell, whenever there's writing in the background or something like you've that. You've got to be careful if you flop the image. You've got to be quite careful. But I think at that point, we weren't sure what order we were going to do the interviews in, so we actually did have two on the right, one on the left. Yeah. But because of the order that Thomas obviously chose to put what they were saying, yeah. the interviews in the piece, he had to flop. Flop one. Flop yeah. One. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, nine lessons in carols. Oh, yes. What? This is something that was in the uh, What's On Guide this week when I was putting it together. And I thought, what on earth is the nine lessons and carols? I know what carols are, obviously. So... Um, it's a traditional service that you'll find in most C of E churches around Christmas, like usually the week before Christmas. Nine lessons and carols. Listen, <laughs> it's nine lessons from the whole of the Bible, with the last one basically being a summing up of everything that's happened before, mm. interspersed with carols. But the carols can change, and I was having a little mini rant as a person who was in mm. a choir... I was having a mini rant in the, in, the, in the office about this. They always start off with, once in Royal David City, mm -hmm. uh, usually the first verse is solo, somebody in the choir. Second verse is usually choir only, and the third one is when you let the, the congregation join in, um, at which point the choir normally um, processes up the, um, up the aisle, up to the, the choir stalls. Um, there's usually O Come All Ye Faithful, somewhere in the middle, um, but they always end on Hark the Herald Angels Sing, mm -hmm. which is absolutely beautiful. Music Ryan Mendelssohn. The descant for us sopranos, the descant is really high. You've got to hold a top A for quite some mm. time, and I think it might end on a G or an A. At the um, end of the whole thing. At the end yeah, of the whole when thing. You've sung your heart out yeah. and then you've lost your voice. So, as a descant, you've got to sit there and not give it too much, mm -hmm. you know, on the rest of the, uh, rest of the songs. So. That in fact, when I was at school a long time ago, our music master wouldn't let us sing the Descant of really? Heart of the Herald because it was so atrocious at the end of a carol service <laughs> because none of us could hit the A and tried desperately, but none of us could hit the A because we just wrecked our voices throughout the whole of the, yeah. the, whole of the thing. <laughs> See, but. I thought, is, is the nine, carols, nine lessons and carols similar to a Chris Thingle service? Because I remember as a child, you go to church and you'd be given the orange with the cocktail sticks in it and the Harry Bows and Dolly mixtures and yes. the candle in it. Yes. And so that was like the highlight of the, the service yeah. for me. So at, yeah, so at school you go to church and they give, basically give you a weapon. Yeah. 
really. I mean, you know. Um, I remember do, do, do that at the nine lessons in Carol's? No, no. No. I remember going to a, when I was in the UK, doing a Carol's 2 Chris Dingle service, giving these four-year-olds live candles <laughs> to hold. <laughs> they sat behind each other with their coats on. It was dreadful. Um, no, they don't do that. You just sit there. But as I said in the office, you know, so they'll have the lesson about the shepherds arriving mm. and then they'll sing while well, shepherds watch which has got like 60 million verses and you know there there is i said this in the office there is an alternative uh which the choir will sing but it's one that the congregation doesn't normally sing because it's quite difficult mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of modulation in it and um i was singing it once in our old parish in a choir for uh during communion and we would have a piano accompaniment and we couldn't hear the piano, and we'd gone off key. So the piano was merrily tinkling, <laughs> tinkling away in one key. We'd modulated into a completely other yeah. key. The vicar, who was quite musical, had picked up on this and came down from the communion, after he'd given all communion, came down to the choir and shushed us <gasps> and stopped us singing. So oh. we didn't even come to the end of, end of it. We were just like shushed, and we sort of all just like petered out. <laughs> it, it, it was oh, Fade you out into awful. the background. So embarrassing. Oh. Anyway, highlight of uh, your week, yes, Hannah. Yes, this is the highlight of my week. New mirror tiles. <laughs> I know, it sounds really odd. We've, I'll explain it to the listener. What, what we have at the moment, or what we did have, was a door to our office, and on the back of that door is a mirror. This is the door to the studio, bearing in mind, and there's a slight little window in this door. We shut the door before we do the news, and we put our makeup on in this mirror. But the person who is on the other side of the door can normally not see us because we're so close to that mirror trying to put our mascara on or whatever that they'll open the door and nearly get hit in the face every time you try to do it. It's a bit scary putting your makeup on. You have to sort of stick your foot out to stop the door. (laughs) So Paula and I, we went on a mission, didn't we, to try and find some um, mirror tiles. God, here we're and everywhere we went, and it turned out the place opposite our office. Pro Install had was them. Was the best place to get them. <laughs> and they had a, a variety of mirror tiles as yeah. well. So. so we've got a couple of them up, haven't we, in the office? Yeah. So we've got a kind of half full length, half length mirror, which half is quite mirror. good. Yeah. yeah. So you see what we're Two doing. Two length. Yeah. So now we can actually look decent on the news. <laughs> right. So um, we're coming up to uh, the end of the podcast now. I need to get my pastry out and roll it out. Um, I think that's about it, really, isn't it, for this week? Yeah. So next week we're going to plan to do the podcast on Wednesday because it's going to be Tom's last podcast with us. Yeah. So he's going to he's going to join us next Wednesday on that. Uh, He didn't join us today because he went to court this morning and um, it went on a little bit longer than we thought it was. Um, Also next week you're going to be looking at the attorney. Well, you're going to visit the attorney general, aren't you? Yes, about um, public protest. Yes, which should be quite. Which is a very interesting. If you're looking, (laughs) read along with us, uh, listener. Is um, the AG has put out these um, guidance guidance, notes, uh, public protest. So we're going to be grilling him about those, finding out more about it. I got. I don't know. Have there ever been many public protests in the Falklands? Oh, yeah, apparently there was, actually. I think it was in the 60s. They gathered on um, Arch Green. Outside um, the cathedral. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a photograph of it. Yeah, no, I've got to tell I didn't yeah. know that. But no, when, funny, quickly backtracking, when, uh, not Carl, Thomas and I were in Brazil, and there was a protest going on in the street. Oh, about, well, peaceful protest. Yeah, peaceful protest to do with the um, current government. Apparently it was nationalists who weren't too happy with the president at the moment and... 
something was kicking off, but they were actually, they, they all stood up and everyone was singing the national anthem and it was actually mm. really cool to go and walk down the street and see them all in their Brazilian colours and waving, yeah. waving banners around. But when, you were saying something about for it to be a public protest, it's going to be 12, 12 or more 12 people. or more people, yeah, we, we <laughs> sorry, we were being a bit facetious mm. in the office um, and likening it to a coven. Um, yeah, you need 12 or more people for it to be classed as a riot. Uh. Yeah. Um, and what was I thought was interesting, apparently it's a very legal term, is reasonable firmness, I think. Mm. That's sort of leader with reasonable firmness or something. How, do you, what, how on earth do you define what reasonable firmness is? I don't know. We will find out on Monday <laughs> when you speak to the Attorney General. So, so yeah, anyway. make sure to watch the show next week. Yeah, so if you listen, uh, listen along, watch along this week, week number 456, um, and then tune in next week and see what we've done. Mm. See you next week. See ya. Bye.